I am starting a brand new series this morning on prayer. Uh, we, we all, we know about prayer. Many of us do. We pray. We pray in our homes. We pray privately. We pray with our family. Not too long ago, our youngest grandchild was over with uh, her mom, and as we were getting ready to say our blessing before we ate, now she's holding hands. She's not yet two, but she wanted to hold hands with us as we pray. And I know for many of us, through our years, we have taught our children to pray certain prayers, like, God is great, God is good, let us thank Him for our food. You all know that one, I'm sure. And then we've also, this one's been taught, uh, Now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep, and then we, you know, the rest of it, if I should die before I wake. And I don't know what kids may or may not think of that particular prayer, but here's what I'm saying. We, we pray. We think about prayer. And for many of us, our prayers, we, don't, we often don't know really how to pray. We, we try to do our best to pray correctly. And you may say, well, wait a minute, there's an incorrect way to pray. Well, here's what I want you to think about. The incorrectness of praying is when the focus is on the wrong thing or things. Now, Jesus, as he walked this earth, we know his story. We know he did incredible things and incredible miracles. And on a particular day, the disciples observed Jesus pray. And then they watched him pray over and over and over. And then they saw all of the things that Jesus did, the miracles, the changed lives, the power, the confidence, the, the sharpness. And it, it, we could go on and on. And then they asked Jesus, we want to pray like you. Teach us how to pray. And that's what we're going to look at in a few minutes. Now, I want you to, before we read that scripture, I want you to ask yourself this question. What are the things, if you were to kind of journal or maybe take a, a little survey of your prayer life, if you were to take out a piece of paper and write down after you prayed every day, what would your prayers focus on? Health, finances, um, relationships. I mean, what would your prayers look like? Now, for many of us, we start our prayers by focusing on ourselves. We, we think about our, our needs. We think about our wants, our wishes. And while that's okay, I want you to think a little deeper than just that. Because prayer, ultimately, is more about our relationship. And so our relationship, not just with our husband or our wife or our children or our parents or our siblings or our coworkers or whatever, not based on decisions that we're trying to make, but our prayer is focused and should be focused on our relationship with God. And that's what I hope we'll see throughout this month. So in Luke's Gospel, chapter 11... And if you wanted to, next week we're probably going to go to Matthew's Gospel and take this story up from Matthew's Gospel. But today, Luke 11, verses 1 and 2. And this is what we read. He, Jesus, was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. He, Jesus, said to them, Whenever you pray, say, Father, your name be honored as holy, your kingdom 
come. Now, if you're familiar with the King James or another translation, the meaning of all of them is, in essence, the exact same thing. Our Father who art or who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name, or may your name be honored as holy. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As we hear those words, what Jesus was saying to his disciples was this. When we pray, and this is where I believe Jesus started most of his prayers. He honored the name of God. He honored the Father's name. His desire was for the kingdom of God to come in the lives of the people around him. He wanted the kingdom of God to come in his own life. And that's where so many of us need to start our prayers. As we think about that for a few minutes this morning, I want you to kind of go back with me. How do we get to the point when we pray that we can say, God, I want to honor your name. I want to praise your name. I want to affirm you. I want you to know that your will and your your kingdom is more important than anything else in this world before I ever get to the things that are bothering me, that I'm struggling with. How do we get to that point where we can start by saying, God, I want to just spend some time praising and honoring you for who you are and praying for your kingdom to come. It begins with our relationship. You see, if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, if you have said, Jesus, I want you to forgive me of my sin, I confess my sin, and I ask you to change my life, I want you to be my Lord, and I want to honor you, and I want want you to change my life. When we say that prayer and we become a child of God, our entire focus for the rest of our life should change. And then we begin this journey of reading Scripture and praying. So when we pray, Matthew records something that Luke did not record. When we look at prayer, when Jesus was teaching about prayer in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus wanted us to understand that our prayer life is truly grounded on our relationship with Jesus. And he said it basically like this. He said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, the the religious hypocrites. He said, they pray to be seen and heard. You know, we have public prayer. That's not a slam against public prayer. I pray here. We have offertory prayers. We have an opening prayer. We have a closing prayer. We pray in our Sunday school and our Bible study classes. That's not what Jesus was talking about. What Jesus was saying is when you do pray, your prayer shouldn't be a showboat of how spiritual you are. Your prayer should be a reflection of who God is to you. And you're thinking about the greatness of God. In fact, Jesus said, rather than praying like the hypocrites, he said, why don't you go to a room, close the door. King James translates it as a closet. Go to your prayer closet, shut the door, and just you and God are alone together. See, that's where most of us, we just, we just don't take that time. And if we really want to change our life, if we really want to change our world, if we really want to change our relationships, if we really want to experience all that God wants us to experience, we, we must, we have to get alone with God. And that's what the disciples saw Jesus do time and time and time again. 
They saw Jesus walk away from them. He got alone, just him and God, and he fell down on his knees, and he and God had a conversation. And ultimately, that's what prayer is. It is a conversation that you're having with God and that God is having with you. Now, if you'll notice the little logo up on the screen of, of prayer, there, there's like two little bubbles. And one bubble is conversation from top, that's God. And the other is you or me. But then you see how the two intersect. So in other words, we are having a conversation with God and God is having a conversation with us. So prayer is, I'm talking to God, and I'm listening to God, and as those two begin to intersect and overlap, we're hearing each other. And Jesus said to his disciples, you need to go into a room. You need it to be private. It needs to be just you and God. And when we do get into our room, we come with all kinds of concerns, don't we? Some of us are concerned about relationships. Some of us are concerned about our children. Some of us are concerned about grandchildren. Some of us are concerned about finances. Some of us are concerned about jobs. Some of us are concerned about our health. The, the list is as endless as we are. And we bring all of those burdens and all of those cares and all of those concerns to our prayer table. And for many of us, that's where we always start. We start with our concerns. But Jesus said, when you pray, say this, Father, may your name be honored as holy. May your name be honored as holy. This is where so many of us do struggle. We want to get right to our stuff, don't we? Now, sometimes we need to get right to our stuff. But we need to learn that we need to change our attitude just a little bit, our focus just a little bit, and our heart just a little bit. And we need to be a little honest with God when we do go and pray. And we need to say, God, I've got to learn to spend some time just honoring you and acknowledging you. That's a difficult thing to do. But here's what I want to share with you this morning. To honor God's name is to just simply say, God, I want to spend some time and just praise you. I want to celebrate who you are. Now, we know and we've heard of the Ten Commandments, have we not? We've heard of the Ten Commandments. There's one God, and we can go down the list. But you know, there's one of the Ten Commandments that says that we will not use the Lord's name in vain. In other words, God's name is to be honored to revered, respected. Years ago, I mean, I was, a, I was a teenager. On our hog farm, we had a, a, a sow. She was white. She was a great mama. She had a lot of pigs every time she gave birth. Now, you're already thinking, what does this have to do with prayer? Bear with me just for a minute. One day, my younger brother looked at this sow and said, her name is Sammy. Now, my name is Sam. He called her Sammy. I didn't like it. If you want to get under my skin, you can call me Sammy. Now, I've just given you a secret into my life, a little window into my world. And so I said to my little brother, 
No, we're not calling her Sammy. It stuck. And it stuck, and we all called this sow Sammy until the day she went to the market. And we never called her Sammy again because she became sausage, I guess. Um, she became like a pet to us. Now, I'm saying this to you. My name, it, 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 it means a lot to me. For those of you that may not know, my full name is Carlton Samuel Braswell. Does that not sound dignified? It comes from my dad and my grandfather, my dad's dad. And when you put my doctorate degree in front of it, that makes me sound really important. But you know what? I'm just Sam. That's my nickname. Here's what I, I'm sharing my names, my, all of these names with you, to say to you and to me, we all have certain things we're called. We have our nickname. We have our names that somebody may give us just to aggravate us a little bit. There may be something about you that a close friend or a relative, and they call you by that name that just made it up. You're also known as dad or maybe pa or mom or grandma or nanny or, I mean, I could keep going. See, we are known by different people in different ways. In Scripture, God has been given many names. He is our provider. He is our protector. He is our shield. He is the cleft of the rock. He is our provider. He is the almighty. I could keep going on and on and on. See, there are many names of God. And God says when we pray, we need to remember who he is. He is the one who created everything. There is no other beside him. He spoke and it happened. He controls the rotation of this earth. He moves the earth around the sun. He causes our moon to go around the earth. God did all of that and he created everything that we can see as well as everything we cannot see. He created all of the angels. He created everything in the worlds beyond us. God is the creator of all. He is all-powerful, all-knowing. God has everything in his hand. There is nothing he cannot do. And God says, my name is to be honored. So when we kneel in prayer in our private prayer closet, we need to be saying, God, I'm going to take some time and just celebrate who you are. Now, some of you don't sing here. You don't sing. I, that's between you and God. But you ought to sing at home. Sing in your car where nobody but you and God can hear you. And sing God a song of praise. Read some psalms from the Old Testament. When you're praying, you see, Scripture is a great way for you to pray and say, God, I want to adore you and I want to affirm your name. And so you, you can read the psalms. For example, Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Sometimes we just get so busy we look at our watch and we go, mm, I got time to pray today. I got to go, I got to go, I got to go. Maybe 
some days we need to train ourselves to get up a little earlier and just pray. Some of you say, and I, look, I feel your pain for out all of my life, basically. I've never been a morning person. I do not like mornings. Mornings, mornings are time to just relax and take it easy. I used to be a night owl. I would stay up late. That was my preferred prayer time. Nowadays, Rhonda's clock goes off at 5.15. When she first set that clock at 5.15, I did say, could you not change that till 5.30 when mine goes off? And she explained to me, no, I cannot. Because she has stuff she's got to do to get ready. And I'm like, okay. And it's loud. It's really loud. First mornings we heard it, I'm like crawling off the ceiling because it just ah! scared me to death. I'm used to it now. And you know what? Almost when we're on vacation or she's on her summer break, there are days that I still get up at 5.15. I mean, I don't get up. I just, I'm awake. See, that's the way our clock works. Well, here's what I'm saying. We need to learn just to get up a little earlier and say, God, I want to spend some time with you. I want to praise your name. I want you to know that I know who you are. But God, teach me something new about you today as well. Now, that's not easy to do until we kind of empty ourselves a little bit. When I say empty, I mean we've got to say, God, I want to get right to my stuff. I don't have a lot of time today, and I need to tell you what I need. Well, we can do that. But when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, and the way he modeled prayer, he said, well, you know, you can get to your stuff, but it's better to start here first. Just honor God's name. Honor his name. Praise him. Acknowledge his presence. Acknowledge his power. Let God know that you know who he is. Now, that sounds so simple, doesn't it? Well, it is challenging at times. But we can do it. All we need to do is just set some time aside. Now, you may be asking, well, how much time do I need to spend to do this? Don't we think that way sometimes? We just want to know how much time we need to spend in prayer. When Ron and I were in college some years ago, it was called, back then it was called, have your quiet time. And I remember this question being asked, uh, how much time should we spend in quiet time? And somebody said, well, at least 15 minutes. And I remember someone saying, 15 minutes every day? Do you know how much time that is? And then we want to know, well, how much time should I spend adoring and praising God? Here, here's what I want you to do right now. Don't worry about the times. Just start where you are. And say, God, the first thing I want to do when I go into my prayer closet and shut the door and it's just me and you, I'm going to spend some time acknowledging your name and praising you. And if you're done in 30 seconds, so be it. Maybe the next day you could up it by two seconds. Now y'all are going, well, that's just stupid. Here, here's what I'm saying. Do, do, do just a little 
but try to grow it through time. Maybe the next week you spend a few more minutes. And there may be some days when you get in your prayer closet, all you do is just honor the name of God. And you just read some scripture, you acknowledge it, you praise God. But remember when we're doing this, when Jesus said, your name be honored as holy? God's name is holy. There's not a single one of us in here that would want anybody trashing your name. We don't want our names trashed, do we? When I was a kid, my dad taught us this very simple truth. He said, your last name is Braswell. Don't you ever do anything to mar the name, to embarrass the name. You may have taught your children something like that as well. We want to honor that name that we've been given. God's name is to be honored even more than the names we have. We reverence his name. We revere his name. We don't use his name vainly, irreverently, flippantly, but we use it with honor and dignity. Why? Because when we are in relationship with the creator of everything, the one who knows all and has all power, he deserves it. It is his right. And we are saying, you, God, are more important than I am. I revere you. I reverence you. I honor you. I lift my hands to you. I am saying to you, I get it. And when we are doing that, we add to our prayer, Jesus said, may your kingdom come. God, your will, your thing, your purposes are more important than my purposes. You know, there's a lot of stuff in this world that's ungodly. Not just in the United States, but throughout the world. There are things that happen every day that breaks the heart of God, that violates the will of God. We all make decisions and we all do things that break the heart of God. And we need to learn when we are praying, God, I want what you want. I want your kingdom to come first in my life. Now we pray for our country. I think many of us, if not most of us, pray for our country. We ask God to bless our country. We even have a song, do we not? God bless America. Oh my gosh, I broke out in a little song, Angie. We, we, we pray for the blessing of our country. We want our county, we want our state to be blessed. We want our family to be blessed. But we need also to learn, first and foremost, for God's kingdom to come. And it needs to begin in our own life. We all, again, we have what we want. If you're married, if, you have, if you're a parent, we all have our, our list of things. I want this, I need this, and it goes on. When we kneel in prayer before God, we often bring our list first. But God is saying, I want you to learn to want my kingdom first. 
See, that's about heart change. What we're really saying is, God, I'm going to honor your name, and I want your kingdom to come, and I'm asking you to change my heart. I want you to change my wishes, my desires, to be in line with yours. I want your stuff on top of my things, and if my things don't line up with your will according to Scripture, then I want it not in my life. I want to get, I want to get rid of it. And that's a great struggle. It is a great struggle. There's was a hospice patient I cared for recently. And when I met the family, the patient was not far from his passing. And as I sat and listened to them tell the story about their life together and encouraged them and shared Scripture with them and then later prayed for them and then went back for a follow-up visit, When this person passed, the family said it was a good death. You ever heard that term before? It was a good death. We often don't say those words, do we? We often don't think that death can be good. But we need to also remember in the book of of Ecclesiastes chapter 7, it says that, The day of our death is better than the day of our birth. It's a strange verse. But for those of us who are Christians, we know that the day we breathe our last here, we awaken our eyes in heaven for all of eternity. That's why it's better. See, that's what I'm saying. When we are praying for God's kingdom, we're praying not for what we want, but we're praying for His will to be done. We're praying for God to change lives. We're praying for God to change our community. We're praying for people to know Jesus and to follow Him. Ron and I pray every day for our grandchildren. We pray every day for our children. We pray every day for our spou- their spouse, not our spouses. We, we just got each other. We pray for our children's husbands. We pray for our three daughters. We pray that God would lead them to become mature followers of Christ. We pray that God would draw them and convict them of things in their life that shouldn't be. We pray the same thing for each other. See, what we're wanting and what Jesus is saying is, if you want God to really change your life, if you want to experience prayer, it's all about your relationship with God and being the person God wants you to be and become. And that's learning to say, God, may your kingdom come in my life first. And therein is a great challenge. Because some of us, we just don't want to let go of control. You've seen the bumper sticker, perhaps, God is my co-pilot. That's wrong. God's our pilot. He's not our co-pilot. He's the pilot. He, he wants to lead, guide, and direct us. My mom posted something on Facebook, and you may have seen this from just your Facebook activity. We may show it in church someday, but it was really kind of interesting. It was about a fella, and I'm not going to tell the whole story. I'm going to condense it. There was a guy who was in, I think, Alaska. He wanted to get on a plane to come back, but he 
basically went with the guy that was a small plane. But the guy said, sometimes I black out. So they got up in the plane. This is a true story from what I can understand. He got up in the plane, and sure enough, the pilot blacked out. He's out. I mean, he's gone. And now they're in the clouds. They don't know where they're going. They don't know how to fly the plane. And they get on the radio and said, help, we, our pilot's out. We don't know what to do. We've never flown a plane in our life. The radio tower guy basically said, calm down and listen to my voice. And I'll get you where you need to go. And he said, whatever you do, don't stop listening to me. And the guy was like, well, we can't see. We're in the clouds. We don't know where we are. The guy said, all right, I've got you on radar. I just want you to know there's a big mountain coming up in front. You need to, you need to, you need to get higher. And they told him how to do it. As the story concludes, they were safely guided to a runway. And then the guy at the traffic tower knocked later on that gentleman's door at his hotel. And he said, I'm the voice. See, what God is wanting us to do is listen to his voice so that he can guide us on this journey we call life. And that begins in our own personal prayer life. It begins when we say, God, your name is honored above all other names. And I want you to know that I know that. And I am praising you today. And God, I want your kingdom, your will to be done in my life more than anything else in this world. God, help me get that settled. Because when we're in, in the, the, the place where God wants us to be, when we're in that spot, wherever that spot happens to be, everything else falls into place perfectly. That's what we're going to talk about today. When we know Jesus and when we praise him, our life is on the road to greatness. It's on the road to experiencing peace unlike any other peace we will ever have. And we will experience a joy unlike any other. Next week, we're going to take up another verse. And then we're going to keep doing this for the next three weeks. But today, I just want you, this week, practice this. When you go pray, just spend some time saying, God, your name is amazing. And I want you to know that I know that. Read a psalm. Look at scripture. Do a Google search on your phone. Ask this question. God's name is great. Bible verse. Boom. You'll have a lot of Bible verses. Just pick one or two. At least one or two. And just spend some time honoring and revering God's name. Let's pray together.